just want to. I just want to. I want to start this service off with recognizing people. Um, during uh, uh, Reckless, I seen like, and I was feeling it over. Don't trip. That'd be very embarrassing. I was I was feeling it over there, and you were just like, you're, we were just in the middle of worship, and you hadn't started declaring yet, like anything yet. You're just worshiping, and I really felt like people were having a very difficult time, like receiving that. And it's cool because the Holy Spirit like obviously laid that on your heart too. Um, but the thing that I noticed that I really want to point out and I really want people to, like I just want us to come together and collectively recognize this, is I felt there was definitely walls up in here. And I felt that you felt that too. And you were pressing in and you were declaring out. And I seen like this spiritual like pushback. And then you were just like pushing forward. And every time you got pushed back, it was like you... No, and it was like extremely powerful. And then I felt like this room shift and I felt walls fall down. And I just want to say like in watching you, I mean, I've known you ever since you've been worshiping with Access, we've known each other, but in watching you tonight, I've really seen just how far you've come as a worship leader. And I just want to let everyone know that like it, it's just so cool to watch you up here like fighting spiritual battles um, like a mother of worship, which is a word that she got from somebody. Um, but anyways, at a, <laughs> we had a conference and, and God told me that she was a mother of worship. Um, but I really seen that tonight. And I was telling Emily and um, mentioned that I might mention it, but I just want everyone to take a second and just recognize Tiffany and just the work that God's doing through her. Thank you. Sometimes our, our team you know, sometimes the ministry team, whether it's volunteers or whether it's people that are on staff and stuff like that, like it's so easy to just go through and, and just worship and, you know, we see them every single week and we just see what they're doing and it just becomes so like, oh yeah, that's Tiffany up on stage or oh yeah, that's so-and-so at the welcome table or that's so-and-so in the cafe and I think sometimes we forget to recognize just what exactly that means when they're in there serving. So I just wanted to start tonight off with a little bit of that. Cool? Cool. So if you guys are, uh, are just joining us for uh, the first time in the last four weeks, or if you have missed a couple weeks, right now we're in the middle of what we call the Roots series. Um, so the whole premise of the series is based off of 2 Corinthians 3.17, which is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we're talking about just freedom and stepping into freedom. And some of the things like that... Some of the things that we do and some of the, like, sin is never, like, the actual issue. Sin is actually just the fruit of a deeper issue. Does that make sense? The things that we do, the things that we say, always come from a deeper root issue that needs to be addressed. Otherwise, we can try and sin management or behavior management and actually just work ourselves into a different area of, you know, sin and, and bondage. Does that make sense? So the first week we talked about forgiveness, right? And the bondage that comes with the unforgiveness and what it looks like to forgive, what it looks like to cast aside judgment. Judgment is the kind of like cousin of sin or of, uh, of unforgiveness. And then the second week, Pastor Jake talked about pain and some of the things that we do and, and how pain is, is really just like a, it's another fruit. It's a, a kind of a, a focus point where you can kind of pinpoint some of the root issues based off of pain and just these different things. And then we talked about last week, fear, and just how fear, we're talking about the spirit of fear, not a healthy fear. There's 
A couple different kinds of fear, if you remember from last week, there's the healthy fear of if a lion's chasing you, you're afraid you're gonna run. Hopefully you outrun it. Uh, you know, if a car comes over into your lane, out of fear you're gonna move over out of the way so that way they don't hit you. These are healthy fears that the Lord put in us to help ourselves avoid death, right? Then there's the fear of the Lord, which is also very good, and that calls us to draw into his thought process, draw close to him and near to him, worship him, and give him the, the worth that he deserves. And then there's the fear that's the spirit of fear, and it's rooted in the lies of the enemy. Do you guys remember this? Yes? Okay. This week, I was praying over uh, what the Lord wants to just cover, and I really felt like inner, inner vows was where God wanted to kind of take and finish off this series. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because we call it a series, but really, like, this is, this is just part of where we minister from. And if you guys are familiar with Freedom Ministries here at, at Res Life, uh, a lot of this stuff is actually found in and based out of Freedom Ministries. And actually, much of my studying from the week has been out of the Freedom Ministries training manual. You could buy yours in the back. I'm just kidding. Um, but... Uh, just a lot of this stuff is almost word for word and verbatim out of the manual. And these are, these are just things of like, the reason we're pursuing freedom. And I want to just address this because as I was, I find like picks every time I'm up here. I feel like it's like a prophetic statement. Jimmy Hendrix? Oh, Jim Dunlop. Okay. Let's just make sure. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, one of the things I really felt like the Lord was, was saying was there's some people in here that as we've been going through this, this uh, series, you've really struggled with some of these things. Like a lot of the stuff we know, like, because when you get to the root issue, like there's a lot of pain points in here. There's a lot of things that make us kind of cringe and step back and go, no, no, no. I buried that down inside of me for a reason because I don't want to address that. I don't want to touch that. I know what that's done to me in the past. And, and I feel like there's some people in here that, that have kind of taken the stance of, why do I need to actually address any of this? Because it's, it's only affecting me, it's not affecting anyone else. And I really feel like the Lord's saying, uh, we're bringing freedom into this place and he wants you to be free from that place because in our woundedness and in our brokenness and in that state to where we go, it's only affecting me, it's not, we actually do consequently affect other people. In our place of woundedness, we wound people. In that place of hurt and brokenness, we hurt and break other people. Does that make sense? And it's not our desire. This isn't like, it's not like you wake up in the morning like, okay, whose life can I mess up today? You know, like, it's, that's not what it is. But at the same time, like, these things are like footholds for the, the enemy, for Satan to get his foot in and just start operating in your life even though you don't want him to do that, right? Even though that's not our intention. Our intention isn't to, to go around and hurting people. At least I don't think so. But I really want to, like, I think there needs to be a shift in mindset of this isn't just hurting me. This is actually destroying me and everyone else around me. Because it's not allowing people to actually experience who God wants to be in and through me. There's a reality that, that God designed you and made you for a specific purpose for other people to experience him through you. 
I remember, like, I, I'm going to kind of butcher this, but I was reading uh, C.S. Lewis at one point, and he was talking about these two friends that he has. And I think one of them was J.R. Tolkien, and then there was another writer, and they were kind of in this, like, deep friendship, right? These three of them, and, and one of them passed away. And he was just talking about not only did he lose his, his one friend that passed away, but he actually lost a portion of his other friend that passed away. Because as God was moving through this one friend and reflecting off the other friend, he got to experience, like, as we come together as a body, we actually magnify the Lord. Does that make sense? So when God moves through me and touches Nathan's life, then he touches your life. And then when God moves through Nathan and touches my life, and then that touches your life, like, it's this thing where when, we're, when we come together as the body and when we operate in just this perfection that Jesus Christ is and when we have those glimpses of glory in our life, like all of a sudden the body becomes Christ, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? For like us as individuals can't actually glorify God in the fullness until we actually come together with the body of Christ and we can't do that in our woundedness. Because there's areas of our life that are just holding us back and there's areas of our life that we just don't want to address and because we don't address that, there's areas of our life that God can't move through and other people can't experience. Thank you. I wasn't even planning on saying that. Praise the Lord. Intervals. Here's the, uh, the definition as our freedom manual, which can be picked up. I'm just kidding. As our, I'm just kidding. We don't even sell this, so I'm just making jokes. Intervows. A commitment, a vow, or an oath that you make, whether consciously or unconsciously, within your heart. And the truth about this inner vow is all your actions, reactions, and interactions are filtered through this commitment. So it's this, this place in our heart, right, to where... So I love, I love that God directed us into inner vows for this message because it actually plays so well off of unforgiveness, pain, and fear. Inner vows are actually a place where we've partnered with that lie that we were talking about last week, to where we've partnered with unforgiveness, to where we've partnered with pain, and we made this declaration in our heart that says, whatever it might say, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be that. They can never be that. I would never, or this always happens. That always happens. They always do that. You'll see like, as we go through the list, not every single one, but a lot of them are going to be based in this idea of never and always. And there are these declarations, these belief structures, these truths that we've handed ourselves in partnering with the lie of the enemy and saying, this is a truth for my life. And what it does is actually hardens our heart. And we become very unapproachable, we become very unteachable, and all of a sudden when that hot topic of the inner vow gets touched, it's like, nope, you can't, you can't touch that. can't touch this. I don't know, that was my dance for you guys. Who wants a guitar pick? It's you. Oh. <laughs> Smooth. If anybody wants it, they can get it. Um... <clears throat> So actually, let's, uh, I, I forgot to pray again. Guys, <laughs> it's the second week. I just started off into it. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for today, God. I thank you for each and every person, each and every heart, each and every soul that's in here tonight, God. We say, Holy Spirit, come, 
have your way in here. God, we thank you that you've made this place a safe place, God. We thank you that your heart is a safe place. God, tonight we just step forward and we just renounce the lies that we've come to, to know for our life, that we've come to make truths in our life, God, and we just give you Lord of that place. Jesus, we declare that you are Lord of our life. You are Lord of our heart. And we just say, have your way, God. God, I pray that you would just address lies tonight, God, that each and every heart, each and every ear would just be perked to your voice, perked to your truth, God. I love you and praise you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you guys would like, actually, even if you wouldn't like, would you please open to Matthew 5. We're going to start in 33. That is on page 1,340. Just kidding. Joke. No. (laughs) Thank you. So in my Bible, I have an NASB. It, It labels this section as the law of oaths. So 533 says, again, you have heard that the ancients were told you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, this is Jesus talking. These are red letters. I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond this is of the evil. Others, other uh, translations, translations say, let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. So what, what Jesus is saying here is, like, we make these oaths, right? These are, these are what inner vows are. These are what these declarations are in our life. These are oaths that we've made over our life to where we've declared this to be truth. We've declared this is how I'm going to act or react in this situation or that situation. And Jesus is saying, absolutely not. It's of the devil. Nor shall you make any oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your statements be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything else of these is evil. The issue is once we, once we start making these inner vows, see, like, I love going, and you guys know that I do this quite often if you've, if you've been here for any time and heard any of the messages. I love going back to, to Adam and Eve, right? I love going back to Genesis and just seeing where everything began. And in Genesis, we're told that there's two trees. There's a tree of knowledge of good and evil, and then there's a tree of life. God wanted us to eat of the tree of life, right? We all know, or if you don't know, Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord said, the day you eat of that, you will surely die. Now, they didn't drop over dead when they ate of the fruit, but what they did have was they got severed from the connection of life in Christ Jesus. They were, we were meant, we were created, right? When God picked us up out of the dirt and he breathed us into existence, he breathed his life into us, we were created to constantly be connected to the life source that is Jesus Christ. We were constantly called to live this place of Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the day side by side with the Father. He was called to be our life. He was called to be our truth. But when we ate of the knowledge of good and evil, we actually started to 
introduce these new truths into our life, truths that we're never called to have in our life, right? All of a sudden, we started determining what was good and evil in our life. And the thing with inner vows is we don't make these to like, be evil. We, we actually make these as a comfort mechanism to guard ourselves from pain, to guard ourselves from fear, to guard ourselves from things that have happened in the past. But at the same time, it's unscriptural. Jesus says, you do not make oaths in your mind. What he's saying here is, we're called to walk in a way to where we're connected to the tree of life and every yes is God's yes and every no is God's no. So where he was called to be Lord of our life, we were called to look at him and just be a complete reflection of him. But when we, when we turn our hearts away and we say, no, this is how it is in our life, we actually put ourselves on God's throne. That's called idolatry. So inner vows, these oftentimes, here, here's just a couple examples of inner vows. I'm never going to be like my father or my mother. I'm never going to be poor again. I'm never going to let anyone hurt me again. I'm never going to care about anyone again. I have to be the best at everything I do. I can never share anything with blank. Men, women, pastors, Jesus, an individual. People, whether it be men, women, Christians, ethnic groups, etc., always blank or will always blank or are always blank. And these wounds start to, like, a lot of these, most inner vows, if I could say it this way, happen at a, like, childhood age, right? So we're really moldable. We're trying to figure out what the world looks like, what life looks like, how we operate in this thing called life. And, And we start to see things, and we're very aware, and we're very observant, and we start to see things, and then we react to those, by what typically ends up being this giant pendulum shift. And we see things that make us uncomfortable, that make us feel pain, that make us afraid. And we pendulum shift over to the other side. But at the same time, the other, like I love how Jimmy Evans, like if you look up, I I stole pretty much everything that I'm going to preach today from Jimmy. So just look up Jimmy Evans' inner vows and you'll see my message tonight because it's his message. Just kidding, but seriously. Um, (laughs) I love how Jimmy Evans says it. He's, he goes, when we make inner vows, we actually act like a drunk man trying to get up on, on a horse. And we see, we see the, the generation before us, our parents or our leaders or anything like that, whatever might happen in our life. <laughs> Don't ask me. Uh, we see that, and he goes, and then a drunk man would get up on, on a horse and then fall over the other side because he's drunken and just in his stupidness. And he's lying on the other side in this ditch and he's looking over and going, well, I'm, at least I'm not in the ditch that they're in. You know, and we, we start to get prideful about, well, at least I'm not. A lot of the times when, when parents reprimand their children and when uh, a child thinks that that's unfair punishment or anything, you know, like people freak out about spanking and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they make this inner vow of, I will never discipline my kids like that. Or I will never discipline my kids. And then you, you start to see these parents that grow up and they just don't discipline their kids. And they're sitting there prideful going, ah, at least I'm not like my parents. Or at the same time, they're leading their kid astray because they aren't bringing discipline in, which we need as children, right? As kids, we have no, we have no mechanism to know what's right or wrong apart from what's shown to us. 
And the thing is, like, and, and this is one of the things, like, on any of, any of the fields that we talk about, whether it be pain or fear or whatever it might come to, to where when we come to that point of, of forgiveness, right, and we're trying to forgive someone, we need to realize that hurt people hurt people and free people free people. And what happens is if, if, let's say you have a bad parent, right? Whatever that might look like. What's, what's probably, I could almost say 100% of the time happening is they were parented in a way that made them make a pendulum shift. And then they made an internal vow. And oftentimes what happens, how many of you guys have heard someone say, I'm never going to be like my father. And then you see them 10 years down the line, what do they look like? Their father. Because there's, there's a truth, and we've talked about it from stage so many different times of, we become like the one we worship. And when we put that inner vow on our, the throne of that part of our heart, and we say, this is what's going to lord my life. We're saying, Jesus cannot be the lord of my life in this area. This is what I'm going to figure out what truth is through. This is the lens I'm going to see everything, and I'm going to react out of everything in this area of my life. And what happens is when you put that on your life, on that throne, you stare at it and you stare at it. Even if it's subconscious, you stare at it and you're making decision and decision and decision based out of that and you become like the thing you worship. So even worshiping the idea of not becoming like your father, you actually gravitate towards being like your father or mother or other figure in your life. Does that make sense? And it's this place that the enemy just wants us to be in because we're partnering with his lie. We're partnering with fear. We're partnering with pain. We are not partnering with Jesus Christ. Like silence. I'm gonna get me another coffee. Andrew's going to get it, he knows me. Never hazelnut. It's disgusting. Just kidding. <laughs> Johnny likes hazelnut, apparently. So, oftentimes I sit down with people, right? Just in ministry opportunities and, and different things like that. And some of the things that, that arise when you've made an internal vow, some of the things that come up are when you can't commit to relationships or commitments, um, when you can't trust, when you can't relax, when you continue doing like the same thing over and over and over again. Um, I sit down with people that are like, I continue doing this thing in my life that I absolutely hate. I don't want to be doing this. I know that it's bad in my life. I know that I don't want to be doing it, but I continue gravitating towards it over and over and over again, time and time and time again. Thank you, my brother. Yes. Bless you. <laughs> May the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you. That's my holy voice. <laughs> and these guys will, not just guys, but, you know, mostly nine times out of ten I'm ministering with guys unless my wife and I are ministering with a couple, but... Um, these guys will just like, just sit there crying out like, I don't want to do this thing anymore. I don't want, bless you, I don't want to do this thing anymore. 
and we'll, we'll kind of dig deeper and, and kind of go, okay, well, let's step back and let's go back to where this began, right? I love doing that and love having the Lord bring people back to where just a, an issue and a root like issue just began, a belief structure began and, and going, okay, let's, let's have the Lord bring us back to that place, okay? Do you see it? Yes. What was happening in that place? And we just walked through it. And we ask God what, what he wants to say about that. We walk through that. But then if we don't do this key thing, what will happen is people will continue going back into that thing. Even though, even though healing was brought into that place, like how many of you guys know that we could be released from fear but still have an inner vow in our life, but still have a, a belief structure that we've handed ourselves and continue to move forward operating out of that while at the same time experiencing freedom in a different part with the fear or the pain or anything, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. But at the same time, if we don't sever that belief structure, you're going to continue to act out in the way that you were acting out. So we'll just walk through it. And we'll just go, Lord, is there any, any kind of vow, any kind of oath, any kind of declaration that I made over my life at, at one point? Last week, I shared with you guys the testimony and, and just the, the stupid stuff that just I would act out, right, at the beginning of Emily and my marriage and just out of pain and fear and, and just everything from my previous marriage. And I told you guys about the story to where, like, I got out of the car and I was just, like, I, I was really just operating out of the fear of failing as a husband and being just a failure, even though Emily was very encouraging. And tell me, like, I was hearing the opposite and it was just, I was just partnering with fear and I got out of the car and I ran away. You guys remember, and then I threw my phone and my keys and all these different things. And I knew, I knew there was that fear in my life. And I came in and Pastor Kurt, who was our pastor before Pastor Jake, uh, he and I sat down, we worked through this fear and like the fear was gone. But at the same time, there was more times to where I would act out and I would just like run away in the situation, right? Even though the fear wasn't there, I was still like making decisions based off of something. So I remember coming in and I was talking to Pastor Matt Schmucker who used to be on staff here. Um, he's now doing personal uh, private coaching sections and stuff like that. And um, we were just sitting down in the office and I was just like, I, I don't know why I keep doing this. Like I don't have the fear anymore. Like I have full trust in the Lord that, that like he's working on our marriage and that like He's not going to let me fail or, you know, all these different, like I have full trust in the Lord, but I continue like running away and just fleeing. And we were just going through just some hearing God exercises and stuff like that. And we got around to a point and I don't even remember what the question that he asked that brought me to this point was, but I just remember saying out loud, like, I just, I feel like I absolutely have to be perfect as a husband or no, no, no. It was, I feel like I can't fail as a husband. And that wasn't like a Superman, like I feel like I can't, it was like, no, this is, a, this is an expectation over my life of I feel like I cannot fail as a husband. Otherwise, this, this, and this will happen, right? Otherwise, Emily will leave me or all these different things. So even though the, the fear was addressed in the way of like, I fear failing as a husband, that was addressed. But at the same time, I still had this belief structure of I can't fail as a husband. Does that make sense? 
So like if, we, if we address the fear, if we address the pain, if we address that, but then we still leave that, that determining factor in our heart of how we're going to continue making decisions, we're going to continue acting out based off of seeing things through that lens. Like, is this actually making sense? Yeah. This won't make sense. Because I don't make any sense to myself. Just kidding. But I don't. And that's really laid back, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I was feeling a little, like, lightheaded earlier and just uh, hadn't been feeling too well today. So I'm trying to take it slow so that we don't fall off the stage. Yes, we'll have a prayer team up by where I fall off the stage. <laughs> so inner vows resist change and growth. Oh, by the way, when, I, when Pastor Matt and I walked through that, that was actually a big shift point in, in Emily and my marriage and in my thought process about how I had to be as a husband. And, and when I said that, I feel like I, I can't fail as a husband. He legitimately just responded with, what if that's not true? And like, I had this wall go up like, no, 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 that has to be true because I've experienced like, even though I didn't fail as a husband in my last marriage, uh, it was on her end of failing as a wife. Uh, but still, I, you know, it's like when, when parents get divorced and kids take on the blame of like, oh, it's my fault. Makes no logical sense. But at the same time, people take it on. And it took a, a couple more times of just asking like, what if that's not true? And then I... I, I seen to the point to where I thought like if I failed as a husband, I just like, I just wasn't, I didn't have trust that God's faith or I didn't have faith that God's uh, grace and mercy and everything would, would come in. And I didn't have trust that my wife would be merciful and graceful when and if I failed. You know what I mean? Inner vows resist change and growth, and they call, cause us to overreact and become unteachable and unapproachable. Overreacting, that was definitely running away, legitimately running away, it was overreacting. Inner vows also declare that the Bible essentially says this, I don't care what the Bible says, I know what's best for my life, no one is going to teach me in this area. And I remember sitting down, and these aren't acts of our will. Like, God gave us free will, right? And, and inner vows are something that we choose, that we subconsciously or even consciously choose and declare over our life. And if we do not choose to think differently, and if we do not repent, and repent literally means to just change directions and go the other way from where we were just going, right? If we do not choose to repent, the Lord isn't going to force himself into the throne of our heart. He doesn't force us to receive him. He doesn't force us to do anything. We have free will to make this choice. So if we don't actually choose to remove that thing, hand it over to the, the foot of Christ, right? Hand it over to Christ for him to do what he wants with it and then allow him to be on that place, like it legitimately, like it just won't happen. He's not gonna force his way in. I remember sitting down with a guy and I'm obviously not gonna name any names and he's not here, um, but we were just sitting down and, uh, this guy, he knows and loves the Lord. I don't doubt that at all, but we were sitting down and just going through and in our conversation, he was just saying things that he believed about women and that he believed about men. And he believed that women were just legitimately objects for men. 
And he believed that men could not show any kind of emotion. Like, that's just not what a man does. And I would, I would use these, like, when I talk about the Lord, I often talk about him in, like, very poetic and love language, like, and, like, I just love beholding the Lord, right? I just love him captivating my heart, and I just love stepping into that place and just vulnerability with the Lord. And, and these words were very, like, abrasive to him. And essentially, he was sitting there, like, saying that I was a sissy because I was approaching the Lord in this way. He goes, that's not how guys approach the Lord. And I remember going through, and we were, we were discussing this because I, I literally couldn't, like, I couldn't wrap my mind around how he was just offended that I would, like, bring this language up to the Lord. Like, I see the Lord as my lover, right? I see the Lord as my God and my Savior and all these things. And, like, he didn't have an issue with God and Savior, but as lover, he definitely had an issue, right? And we all are the bride of the bridegroom. Jesus Christ is our bridegroom. Like, it's very much a marriage relationship, so there's very much an intimate language there, and he just couldn't fathom this. And I couldn't fathom how he couldn't fathom this. And, and I'm just like, I'm going through and I'm like, do you, do you feel like, I go, let me ask you this. Was there a point in your childhood to where like your dad just told you that you're being a sissy? Yeah. Do you think that might be skewing your thought process? He goes, yeah. And I asked him a couple things about how he viewed women and just how they were objects. And like, you know, his, his statement to me was like, oh, there's so many hot girls at my work and I could have any one of them. And it just, I was just like, he was, yeah, I won't give out too much information. Like, do you understand how that's, like, you're just looking at women as an object, right? Do you understand that there could be a lie in your life that's telling you that, that, Women are just something for you to enjoy versus a beauty to be beheld. He also, yeah. Long story short, we, we went through and I was trying to like just guide him into handing that over to the Lord and he just refused. And like he consciously knew that he, he had these internal vows. He consciously knew that he was going, women are always or men can never or like all these different things. We even pinpointed the area, the pain points in his life to where those first came into his life. But he legitimately would not surrender him over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And in order to, to walk through this, and like there's so many different inner vows, I can't even, like last week we put up a bunch of different like stuff for fear and different things. Those are kind of easier to kind of walk. Inner vows could be literally anything. It could be like, I sat down with this one guy um, and we were, we were sitting down and he's just like, it's like, man, I, I have such an issue walking through downtown. I was like, you have an issue walking? And he worked downtown. He was going to school downtown. And he goes, yeah, I just hate walking around downtown. And, uh, I was like, well, what is it about it? We ended up like talking a little bit more and he finally gets to the point where, and this is, and this is no joke. This is not an exaggeration. He goes, I just, I just can't stand skateboarders. <laughs> okay? He goes, I can't stand skateboarders. They're, they're always so lazy. They never work. They're always high. Always and never, right? And he's like classifying all skateboarders. And this is legitimately making him like giving him angst as he's walking around downtown. He's like, I can't minister downtown. Like, this is just, I'm like, this is beyond me. But it's, it's crazy on how the simplest little, like if, 
when you're in, in prayer, and we're going to go into prayer in, here in a minute, and when, when God points something out to you, even if it sounds like silly, like just walk through it with him. And we actually, we walked through and I just said, well, what if that's not true? What if not all skateboarders are like that? What if not a majority of skateboarders are like that? He's like, well, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> well, perhaps you should consider that. And we just like walked through and we brought that to the Lord. And I said, let's just bring that to the Lord and just hand that over to him and see what he wants to give you back. And he's like sobbing at this point. I'm like, he's sobbing over skateboard. Like, and then I talked to him like two weeks later and I was like, so how was it walking downtown? Dude, it's amazing. And like, I was like, wow, okay. It, things, you know, it, what happened was when he was younger, he, he got really hurt by a skateboarder down the street. And he just built this like, this point in his, his life to where he'd just seen things that, that caused him to make directional changes. Like he would legitimately cross over to the other side of the street. Just kind of crazy stuff. How am I on time? What time is it? 834. So what happens when we do inner vows is it puts all the burden of transformation on ourself instead of upon the Lord. And that place to where we can't change and we can't change and I just want to change, but, but I just can't. It's because we're trying to do it out of our own strength and out of our own truth. But Jesus said, I come as the way, the truth, and the life. He is our truth. Remember, all of our yeses are supposed to be God's yeses. All of our no's are supposed to be God's no. We're not supposed to actually make decisions based off of like right or wrong. It comes from the Lord. Does that make sense? Like obviously we have a sense of right or wrong, but in these places to where we make these vows and we make these declarations of I will never do that because this, or I can never do this because that, like we're just not giving them lordship of our life, specifically that area of our heart. I'm never going to be like my father. Well, then who doesn't have lordship over your relationship with your father? Who doesn't have lordship over your relationship with your kids? I'm never going to be poor again. Who has lordship over your finances? I'm never going to let anyone hurt me again. And this is a big one. Literally every single person has been hurt at some point in their life. And literally every single person has probably made this vow of, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me again. Or I'm not going to open my heart up to anybody again. How many of us have gone through failed relationships? Probably everyone in here. And the thing is, if, if, if we actually say, I'm, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again, then what it actually does is it doesn't allow us to be used for the glory of God, because Jesus tells us if we're going to actually step out and be disciples of him, we're actually going to step into persecution. But if we say, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again, it's essentially saying, I'm never going to let God use me because there's going to be points to where I'm going to hit some pain and I'm actually going to shut down and go the other direction because I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again. Is making sense? Who is the source of your truth? We become like the one we worship. And if we allow God to enter into that place, if we allow God to sit on that throne that we've given to something else in our life, you'll find healing in that. Overcoming intervals, we're actually going to go into, uh, into prayer here. And we're just going to sit at the foot of God and just... Let them kind of walk us through some of this stuff.
this is by no means, I'm gonna, we're going to have a couple things go up on the, the screen behind me, and this isn't a, a A, B, C, D step, a one, two, three step, thank you. Um, there's no like five-step program to, to just anything really in the Christian walk, but at the same time, this is a, a good way that we could walk through right now and just kind of overcome some of these inner vows. The first step that we'll go through tonight is recognize and confess that you have them. And if, if you're sitting here going, I just can't think of any inner vows that I have on my life, then legitimately ask Jesus Christ, what are the inner vows on my life? Holy Spirit is so here, and he so wants to talk to you, and he so wants to bring this stuff up because he so wants you to be walking in freedom. And once you, once you confess them or once you hear them from the Lord, I want you to ask, like, actually let the Lord bring you back to where they began. Where did that inner vow begin? When did I make that declaration over my life? You know, bring you back to that, that moment, that wound, that place. And again, this might hurt. Again, this might not be a place that you actually want to go, but it's a place that God wants to bring you because we have a good, good father and you can trust and believe that he's going to bring healing into that place. He's not bringing you there to hurt you. He's not bringing you there for you to feel pain. He's bringing you there so that way he can touch it, heal it, and bring you into a place of freedom and a place of where you're operating and acting out of a place to where you were called to be. Then after you, you see that, I want you to walk through, and really God wants you to walk through forgiveness. Oftentimes it's people that, that do things, uh, whether intentional or unintentional, remember again, hurt people hurt people. Oftentimes people will do things out of a place of hurt. A lot of the times it's, it's parents that I watch people have to go back through and, and forgive in this place. Are you going to forgive whoever was involved in, in bringing that hurt, bringing that thing? And then I want you to also forgive yourself for making that inner vow. And then lastly, we're going to submit that area to Jesus Christ. We're going to hand that over. We're going to go, God, I hand you this forgiveness. God, I hand you this inner vow. And Lord, would you just be the Lord of my life in that area of my heart? Would you be Lord of my life in every area of my heart? But remember, this is, a, this is an act of our will. We choose to hand that over to the Lord. If we don't choose, like, this is a spiritual stronghold. This is something that we have to partner with him in order to, to sever. We have to actually legitimately hand it over to him and allow him to come into that place. So don't just think that we're going into Jesus and go, Jesus, fix me. This is a place to where you're actually stepping out in faith and going, God, I choose you. And I choose to remove whatever it is that's sitting on this throne and hand it over to you. I want you to, to just quiet yourself. Close your eyes so that way you're not worried about anybody beside you. And just ask God, like, God, what's the inner vow in my life? Or what are the inner vows? Chances are we all have multiple.
recognize that I made this decision in my heart.
forgive. And forgiveness is not saying that what they did is right. Forgiveness is not saying that what they did is okay. Forgiveness is saying that you're not allowing them to be Lord of your life. You're not allowing what they did to you to control you for the rest of your life. And you're saying, God, I give you that place in my heart. gave us an imagination for a, a beautiful, beautiful way of, 
interacting with him, you could actually picture this line. You could picture like legitimately handing it over to Jesus Christ. In just a full act of submission, like God, I give you this. I hand you this. Jesus, have this. And then I want you to, to just look Jesus in the eye and tell him, God, I, I choose you to be on this throne in my heart, God. I choose you to be Lord of my life in this area. I choose to hold on to nothing of this, and I choose to allow you to direct every step that I make in that area and every area of my life. I choose my yeses to be God yeses. I choose my noes to be God knows. I choose to allow you to be my tree of life, and I disconnect from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I recognize that I don't know what's perfect and right for my life, but you do, God. people's hearts and people's lives. God, I thank you for, for freedom in this place. 
walked through that actually, I just want you, like if you just got to the other end and you just said, God, I trust you. You are the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of this area of my life. I just want you to sit and actually like ask God to show you what freedom feels like. Go, God, can I experience what that freedom looks like right now? recognize it right now, you're not going to go back into bondage. Freedom is so much better than bondage. Amen? So Father, I thank you. God, we thank you for freedom in this place. We thank you for freedom in hearts. And Satan, we just speak to you right now and we just say, get behind us. We hand you back your lies and we say they're not for our life. They're not Lord of our life. You are not Lord of our life. Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. Fill each and every one of us fresh and new. Show us your mercy. Show us your grace. Show us your healing. Show us your just power and love. Let us experience the heart of the Father, God. Give us a new revelation of who you are today, God. I pray that each and every person in here just gets a new and fresh revelation of who you are, your heart for us, your heart for them. I pray that no one walks out of this place tonight without experiencing you in a new and fresh way. So God, have your way. God, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We choose you. You are Lord. We are not. You are truth. We are not. Would you help us to believe that tonight? Would you help us to believe that for the rest of our life, to be able to walk in fullness in you? I thank you for identities that are being restored tonight, God. I thank you for hearts that are being restored tonight, God. I thank you for broken hearts that are being mended tonight. I thank you for purity that's being restored tonight. Last week we did this and I'm going to do this again tonight. So as you're sitting there, this like this is a big topic. You might still be walking through it with the Lord right now and I really, really strongly urge you, even if your belly's rumbling and you're hungry for whatever you're gonna get from the cafe, I just encourage you to sit in this place with the Lord right now. Just continue to allow him to minister to your heart and walk with him through it until he brings you to that place where you can hand and surrender that place over to him. And we're also gonna have a prayer team. If you're hitting any kind of walls, any kind of struggles, if you're just come up here and let these guys walk with you. We trust these guys. This is a safe place. These guys are, are people that, that we have handpicked because we know that their heart is for you. They're going to walk with you. If you've never taken that step and said, Jesus Christ, you are Lord of my life. If you've never received him in your life, these guys will also help you walk through that. But at the same time, you don't need to come up here and talk to him. You can make that decision right now in your seat. And say, God, I give you my life. I give you my all. rest of us are going to go in the back and if you if you get up and if you dismiss out into the back I, again I just ask that you just stay quiet respect the people up here that are, are going through ministry and just encountering the Lord 
last thing I'll say before I, I just close out and walk off stage is uh, I really like this series, and again, I hate calling it a series because this is just the heartbeat of access. The last four messages especially, like there's so much freedom in them. And even if you've been here every single week, I really strongly encourage that you go back and listen to them again and allow, allow God to bring you through it again because free people, free people. And what the world needs is more people that are fully alive in Jesus Christ and fully free in Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to go back and listen through those. Go back and allow them to reminister over your heart. And I also encourage you that this is super simple and that you guys could be ministering. Like, I, what I hope you don't get is, like, there's no dependency on us up on stage. What everything that we're handing to you is legitimately going, you can bring this to the foot of Christ and he will change everything in your life. It might be a process, it probably will be a process, but he will change everything in your life. And each and every single one of you guys are equipped to go out into the world and walk people to the foot of Christ and go, I wanna make an introduction right now. You're broken, you're, I don't have the answers, but I know who does. So I just, like I, I just commission you guys. Thing, this, this thing that we're stepping into and freedom and all these, like I commission you guys to go out there and bring this to other people. I promise you it'll be the greatest thing that you do. There's no greater gift that you can give to anybody than Jesus Christ. And it's not going out and being preachy. It's not going out and Bible thumping and standing on a, a whatever. It's legitimately going out and going, dude, I experienced that. Let me, let me introduce you to the person that set me free nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. It's as simple as that. You don't even need the words to say. Go, Jesus Christ, can you walk us through this? So Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. We praise you, God. Pray all this with great joy. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.